0: So, let's now move on and present an actual example. It's an example of a between beshama and Besila. We discussed it last week. And more than that, we are going to present three cases. Like I said, there are a dozen of them, but we are limited with time. And also because those three cases are going to be enough for you to appreciate and taste this new idea that we just discussed today, the tzchichut of how each one are needed in revealing a new layer, a new aspect in the reasoning of the Lishitose. First machloket, first subject. Chanukah. We all love Chanukah. We all know about Chanukah. We have a mitzvah on Chanukah to light the Chanukah lights, the Chanukah candles. <coughs> we mentioned that last week. Bet Shammai Omrim, Bet Shammai says day one you light eight candles. Day two, seven candles. And so on. Till day eight, one candle. Betilel says, no, exactly the opposite. Day one, one candle. Day two, two candles. Day eight, eight candles. And the halacha is, as you all know, Betilel. In fact, the word Chanukah, in Hebrew, stands for, is the acronym of the sentence, Chet Nerot Ve'halacha Kebet Hillel. Eight candles and the halacha follows the school of Hillel. The actual word Chanukah. That's Machloket number one. Number two, Dagim, fish. What's the story about fish? In the laws of Tumah, in the laws of purity and impurity, living animals, living creatures, aside of human beings, living creatures, including fish, while they are alive, they cannot be contaminated by impurity. They are not receptive to impurity. So if they'll touch something or something will touch, something which is impure, will touch an animal while he's alive, they will remain pure. This is not the case for people. Uh, People as they are alive they they could become impure by touching something impure but any other types of living creatures doesn't work like that while they are alive no purity can af- no impurity can affect them only when they're dead then they can become impure fish from what moment do you say that they are considered dead, and therefore they are now receptive to impurity. Machloket bet bet says, Miche-yatsudu. As soon as you catch them and you take them out from the water, they're not dead yet, but they have already been disconnected from water, from the source of life, they are considered dead, and therefore, they receive impurity. Bet Hillel says, no, Mishayamutu. It's only from the point on that they are actually dead. So that will be... Few seconds, a few minutes after you take them out from the water when they are actually dead, now they, they are receptive to Tuma. Before that, before that, I consider them still alive and therefore they do not receive Tuma then. That's Machloket number two. Third Machloket. Honey, honey, what's about honey? Again, in the laws of purity and impurity, there is a difference in status and in law between food and liquid. They are different into many different laws related to purity and impurity. And so you have to define, before you say it's pure, it's impure. You have to define, is it food or is it liquid? So, an apple, it's food. Water, it's liquid, no questions. But here's the question, honey, what's honey? So here's the thing. When the honey is in the bottle, obviously it's already considered liquid, according to everybody. But the question is when the honey is still in the honeycomb. Then it's not yet liquid because, in order in the process, or at least in the original process, to produce honey after the bees are bringing the honey in the honeycombs, the way it works is, or the way it used to work as the Talmud describes, <clears throat> they used to first bring. Uh, smoke, and the smoke would um, would get would would basically get rid of the of the of the bees it would send the bees away and then what would happen is the person would take the honeycombs and he would press them and as he presses them. Called risuk, then the honey would uh, would flow, and then the honey would come out. That's the story of honey. The question over here is: From what point on do you say honey is liquid? Betshemai says. While the honey is still in the combs. As soon, as soon, as you have in mind. You decided, that's it. I am going to get this honey out. Because Rosh Hashanah is coming. Although there is a long process until you turn this solid honey into liquid. You'll need to get rid of the bees. You'll need to, I forgot to tell you, warm it up a little bit. And then you're going to need to press it and so on. Benjamin says, moment you had in your thought decided, you're going to make, you're going to get the honey out. That's it. From that on, from then on, it's considered liquid. Betty Lale says, you may have thoughts, but right now it's solid. There's no liquid. Betzalel says, "I hold that only after, only after you press, which is the last step. You press the comb. You 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 press it. Yeah, schita, <clears throat> and the honey comes out. From then on." The honey is considered liquid. But before that, it's solid. And um, it will have the, the, the laws of solids with regards to purity and impurity. That's the third machloket. And we're going to stop here. One, two, and three. Chanukah, fish, and honey. What's the underlying argument? Says the Rebbe, there is a between Shammai and Hillel, and the deshitse is the one we mentioned today briefly last week as well. just gonna go back to it so you understand it well. There are two realities. two real realities. There is the first one, the tangible one. the one you can you can touch and see, smell. The Bepoel. We don't need to convince ourselves, we don't need to bring bring any examples for us people to understand that this is a reality because we live in this world. We live in the world of the tangible. But then there is another reality it's the potential reality. For us, sometimes we may think that the potential doesn't exist, it's just potential. No. The potential, says Torah, exists exists. It is just abstract, but it exists somewhere. In fact, it's the real reality. It's the original one. It's the source of the tangible reality. Where where do you think that tangible reality arrived from? The moon? No, it arrived from the potential reality. First, Hashem created the potential reality. It was in in an abstract form. And then from there it evolved the tangible reality. In fact, if you remember on a personal level, the way you look at people, the way you look at yourself, you can look at yourself as a Bet Hillel mindset, or as a Bet Shammai mindset. Who are you? Who am I? What I've achieved, what I have done, Tangible, but poor, or what I could do, what I'm able to do. Bet Shammai says that's the real identity of a person. That's who you are. We said last week, if you remember, the Rebbe looked at every Jew with a Bet Shammai mindset. We looked at ourselves maybe as a Bet but the Rebbe looked at us and he saw the good the, the tremendous good, the tremendous potential within each and every one of us. And for him, that was the true reality. That's who you are. He always looked at you this way. So, <clears throat> bet he says always in halacha in Jewish law, when there is a conflict between those two realities, the tangible will be the deciding factor. Bet-Shamay says no. Meshama comes from a a, a higher world. He says, for me, the real reality is the bekoach, is the potential. That always will be the deciding factor for me. It will even override the tangible. And in fact, today, the halakha may be like bet Hillel. But when Moshiach will come, we'll elevate ourselves to a higher world at that time, The Kabbalists are saying, we will follow the opinion of Bet Shammai. Then we will see how the abstract is the real reality. And now the Rebbe brings us back to those three machloktot, Chanukah, the fish and the honey. And he says, if you take a look and if you see the underlying argument between those three machloktot, three subjects, is the same one. Hanukkah Day 1 Says Betilel, how many days do I have now? Tangible. 1 So I celebrate 1. Betshama says no. Now in total, together with everything—the tangible and the potential—how many days of Hanukkah do I have? Eight. I would say I have one, the tangible one. So this one I should celebrate it. But there is another seven. So today, in the world of the potential, I would say in total, how many how many days do I have? I have eight. So I'll, I celebrate eight days of Hanukkah. Think about that. For Bet Hillel, day one, you can only celebrate one day. For Beth Shammai, day, day one, really it's not day one. Day one is day eight. You celebrate eight days now. Day two, <clears throat> one day is gone. Now, how many days are? Seven. You celebrate seven. And so on and so forth. The real reality for bet is the potential one. And it will be the deciding factor. bet says, no. Only the poten- only the tangible. Day one, I have one. Day two, I have two. That's it. Next, Machloket says the Hebe. The fish. Death. With regard to fish. From which point on do you say the fish is dead? bet says, well... From the moment that he's actually, actually dead, that's all. There's no other way. Betshamay <laughs> said, "Wait a second. No, no. For me, as soon as you take him out from the water, because potentially he will die. He will die. No other way. No source of no source of life." There's no way to live now. For me, he's dead. Ah, but he's not actually dead. Yeah, you're right. In the world of tangible, he's not actually dead. But in the world of potential, he's dead already. And so in that world, he's dead. And for me, that's the real world. So says Bet Shammai, in Halacha, in Jewish law, death for a fish begins from the point that he has no way to live. Betilel says no. For me, death for fish begins from the point that he actually dies. Here, you see again the thread. Finally, the third one. The honey. And this one is also the same point, says the Rebbe. From which point on do you say that solid honey, which is in the honeycomb, became liquid, or is considered liquid. Betillel says, what's the question? When it's becoming liquid, it's liquid. When is it becoming liquid? Well, says Betillel, let me teach you how you make honey. There are all kinds of steps. And the last step, when you actually press the honeycomb, the honey comes out not as liquid. Now it's liquid. Beth Shammai says, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. From the moment on, in thought, you decided that you're going to m- turn this solid honey into liquid honey. In the world of thoughts, it was already honey. The world of thoughts is an abstract world, very abstract, but it's a real world. And there are things that already begins there. You know, when you deciding sometime to do something. So there is that moment where you decided that's it. I'm going kosher. I'm going kosher. And then you call the rabbi and say, I've got to do the kosher. You Start to go and actually keep kosher. So Some people, the Betilel people, they'll say, well, from the moment, he actually kept kosher. In his kitchen, he was already kosher. From that moment on, Mazel Tov. Others, Bet-Shamay, chevre, would say, no. Three weeks earlier... That you actually became kosher. Once you had in your thoughts, in your heart, the decision, that's it. I'm doing it. It was from then on that it really became. Oh, actually, for three weeks, you were not eating kosher. Yeah, that's the world of tangible. But really, it began all there. This is where the reality began. Well, you decide to do something. And eventually, you do it. But you know, you know that it was when you took that decision that it's going to happen. You knew that it began from there. So, Benjamin says, that's the reality. That's the reality. Ah, yes, it's in thought. In the world of tangible, nothing happened. The honey is still solid. It's still sitting there in the honeycomb. Yeah. But in a more abstract world, that's it. It's honey now. It's honey. The guy decided it's going to make honey. It's honey. These are the three mach look-not. Now, what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you some questions. And what I'd like to know is if you see, we say it's one thread, right? One, two and three, Hanukkah, the fish and the honey. I'd like you to tell me if you see something. In terms of the reasoning, potential versus tangible, tangible versus potential. Which sounds a bit different, which may be a bit different, a bit deeper. In one of the three subjects over the other. Because this is what the Rebbe is going to do. This is the Tzichchuta. The Rebbe is asking... Why three? Tell me once. Tell me Chanukah. Tell me Chanukah. And then once I know Chanukah, I know everything. You, you'll present me the cases of the fish. I'll tell you who says when the fish is, is there. You'll present me the fish, the, the case of the honey. I'll tell you who tells when it's becoming uh, liquid. No, says the Rebbe. You wouldn't know. If you only knew Chanukah, not necessarily that you would know what's going to happen in the fish. And if you only knew Hanukkah and the fish, not necessarily that you would know what would happen in the honey. And that is why the Torah had to reveal you. Repeat. To you, the Lachitose three times. But with doing this. It actually. Revealed to you a new layer a new understanding, a deeper understanding to the Le mindset.